The views expressed on this program are not necessarily the views of Lexington Community Radio or its board of directors. The views expressed are solely those of the programmers. You are listening to Off the Cuff. Now, here's your host, Adam Banks. Welcome, everybody, to Off the Cuff. I am Adam Banks coming at you live from Lexington, Kentucky. Thank you for listening to the show, and thank you for tuning in to WLXU 93.9 FM. In addition to listening to us on the radio, you can check out our Facebook live stream at Off the Cuff with Adam Banks, or you can download the Radiolex app on your smartphone device to listen to us anywhere in the entire world. Amber Turner and I are both broadcasting from the Deborah Hensley Studios here at Radio Lex on North Limestone. It is December the 23rd, 2021, Christmas Eve Eve, Amber. <laughs> Did you just say Christmas Eve Eve? Twas the night before Christmas Eve. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, tis the season for holiday theft because, Amber, this time of year... Yeah. Kleptomaniacs have a ball. <laughs> oh, yeah, literally, they go to Walmart and take it. Yeah, theft is <laughs> more than just Walmart. Really, pretty much anywhere, just theft goes up. Holiday shoplifting definitely is on the rise, especially this time of year. Now, before we get into that topic, let's take a moment to appreciate the lengths and, uh, you know, that some of the customers will go through in order to get their gifts. You know, they'll, they'll have... They'll stand in line for hours. Mm -hmm. They'll brave the cold weather. Mm -hmm. They'll get out on Black Friday. Yes. They'll put things in layaway. Uh Uh-huh. And, and, you know, those are the people that, you know, are just good human beings. Some of them even get black eyes on them Black Friday shopping. So Exactly. Good people. You're sacrificing a lot just to get gifts for holidays. So there are people out there, the majority of us out there, don't shoplift on Christmas, and we don't steal our gifts to give or to resell. But we are, uh, you know, but there are those out there that do steal. Mm-hmm. And it's not fake news. It's... <laughs> Something that is happening all of the time, and it's always on the rise around the holidays. And I tell you what, there's really nothing you can do about it except be vigilant. You know, uh, if you are doing online shopping, which a lot of people do nowadays, then you have to be vigilant, meaning, you know, you got to watch out for what they call porch pirates, Oh, yeah. You know, the porch pirates, the ones that will come steal packages right off of your front porch. Oh, yeah. So you have to take precautions. Something that you could do is you could get a ring for your front door. Uh-huh. I'm not talking about a telephone ring. No, not that kind of ring. Uh, or a wedding ring. No. But talking about just a ring or a security camera of some kind, just so you can take as, m- as much precaution as you can. Now, that might not stop the thief from taking your item, but you still have a fighting chance of finding the thief. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you could also, I don't know, if, you, if you're not doing online shopping, but you are uh, going into the store, old school, yeah, and you take items out to your car, make sure you're vi- vigilant with that. Don't put it right in plain sight for people to see because people will bust out a window 
to get your item. And you know what baffles me? The fact that we're talking about this right now. And it is 2021, so this is not new news. Just like you said, this is something that we've always experienced. So tell me why in 2021, I still see people loading the back of their car plumb full. You are like a rolling express shop for somebody. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And easy access for just shoplifters to break in that car, get things. Yeah. So it's it's hard. It's hard to to hide items when you got a lot. But just be as safe as possible because shoplifting is on the rise. Um most people do online shopping nowadays, and it's hard sometimes because you can't really predict when a package is coming in. It will tell you online, like a roundabout time of when it'll come in. Oh, yeah. A certain day, a certain time. The only thing you can do is just try to be home as much as you can around that time it's it's telling you your package will be there. Well, and even now, you know, when they say, you, you know, your package is expected to arrive on this day, it'll stay in transit, it'll pass that day, and then all of a sudden, boom, it's here. And you're like, well, wow, I wasn't prepared for that, especially if it's a bigger box. So what you could do, a suggestion, is you could just request your mail people to put it in a locker of some kind. Uh, You could maybe write a note on your door telling uh, the UPS driver or FedEx or whoever to take it to the back of your house. I don't know if they're legally allowed to do that. I wrote a note like that one time. I was waiting on a package and I was in my backyard and I said, please don't leave. I'm just in the backyard. Yell over the fence. And did they? Yes, he did. Well, there you go. I think it really all just kind of depends on, on who you get. But uh, yeah, you got to watch out for the porch pirates and uh, something else you got to be mindful of on, you know, during the holidays to prevent theft is you need to be careful of the large boxes that you leave outside of your house, like TV boxes, Mm -hmm. gaming system boxes. Just because those boxes are empty, it lets those thieves know, hey, you got a nice TV inside your house. And you know what they think when they look at your house? Silver tuna tonight. <laughs> House number 642 now. <laughs> Boom. But yeah, if they see a PlayStation 5 box outside your house, there's a good chance that there's a PlayStation 5 in that house. <laughs> and then Harry and Marv might break in and try to get it. Yeah, because the wet bandits. Yes. But, you know, thieves... Uh, I hate a thief. I, now, look, you know, I worked retail during a holiday season once, and we caught a thief. It was one of the most uh, intense, um, I'm just going to say intense moments of my life, because I watched this lady. She purchased a big, large tote, walked back around our store. She loaded that thing plumb full. Our front-end manager, she was a shorter lady. Uh, she spoke with a very thick German accent, so you really couldn't understand her to begin with. And let me tell you, she speared that woman better than Christian ever thought about hitting somebody <laughs> with one, because she got her hook, line, ringer, flung that card around, and saved Christmas that year for us. Some thieves are bold enough to walk into a store, fill their shopping cart full of items, and just nonchalantly walk out. How can people... I, I literally... Like, that's a legitimate question. How do people do that? I don't know. I don't know how people ha- are that bold to do that. Mm-mm. And you got to be careful. And you, you know, I'm not keeping an eye on everybody at the store. And we know, obviously, there's theft going on in these stores. So it's easy to kind of hide in plain sight, do things in plain sight, because there's so much going on, so much action going on in stores during the holidays. So it would be easier to steal this time of year than any other time. Well, you know, and I think that's why we do see so much of it during this time, because have you been to the mall 
lately and seen. I have never seen that place have so much traffic. I want to say in the last three or four years, you know, I know people are doing online shopping. We know that. But, man, if you go Nicholasville Road right now, that mall is packed. That makes me happy to hear, though. I'm glad people are actually still going to the mall around Christmas. Yeah, but everybody's putting all their bags in the back of their car. So when we're riding up and down looking for a parking spot, I'm seeing where everybody went shopping today. But this is a kleptomaniac's dream this time of year. They love this time of year because there's a lot more people to catch besides them, so they're more likely to get away with it. But, Amber, kleptomaniacs fascinate me. Just Just the idea of it. You know, a kleptomaniac, the definition of kleptomaniac is having an impulse control disorder that results in an irresistible urge to steal. (laughs) The cause of kleptomania remains unknown, but risk factors include a family history of kleptomania or other impulse control disorders. It occurs more often in women than it does in men. And it just fascinates me that people are actually, they can't help the fact that they have a desire to steal. And it's not exactly that they have a desire to steal expensive things. Yeah. A kleptomaniac will steal a pack of chewing gum. It's for the rush yeah. of, of, of getting caught, possibly. Uh-huh. And, and I just, I can't understand. A rich person that has everything in the world still has a desire to take something without paying for it. Oh, yeah, they do. No cure exists, but treatment with talk therapy and medications such as antidepressants may help in the cycle of compulsive stealing. It says here that kleptomania is a serious disorder that causes an irresistible urge to steal items that aren't needed and are usually of little value. So most of the time, people just want to steal for the rush of stealing. Consequences can include job loss, financial penalties, and trouble with the law. So maybe it's that that just gets their gears grinding. Yeah, stealing for the thrill. Who was that famous actress? Why not a writer? Why Nona Ryder? <laughs> yeah, why do I know that right off the bat? Why did you know time? that so quick? I don't know. I lo- I'm a, I might be obsessed with her a little. Well, she's a kleptomaniac. I know. A I well-known her. kleptomaniac. Mm-hmm. This woman, she was in Mr. Deeds. Mm-hmm. And she, uh, oh, Edward Scissorhands. Uh, she's in Stranger Things now. She's in a... Beetlejuice. She's in a lot. And she's made a lot of money uh-huh. from her career, but she still likes to steal things. What, what was it that she got? She got caught at an airport, right? No, Stealing what, things. Was it Macy's or something like that? Was it or Nordstrom during the holidays? It, it, I, no, I don't know if it was. <laughs> no, probably. No, it wasn't. I feel like it was a department store, and it was like a significant amount. I think that she stole. You know, she even had to go to court. She now she did. She went to court. She faced. You know what she had to and. You know, obviously she's repaired her life now, but, you know, if she's a kleptomaniac, I wonder. It absolutely just fascinates me, that disorder. It does. I don't know why. I don't agree with it, but I just, I find it extremely, extremely interesting when I hear that somebody has that disorder. So keep an eye and be mindful and be vigilant as much as possible. But ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. We've got lots more off the cuff coming at you live after these words. Stick with us. Welcome back everybody to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio with me. It is December 23rd, almost Christmas time. We've been playing Christmas music for the last couple of weeks, getting prepared for the holiday season. 
if I had to pick my favorite type of Christmas music, it's the classics. But I do like this modern tune by Kelly Clarkson. Oh, my word. Underneath the tree. Get out of here. You don't like it? I can't, I can't even take you serious right now. I've already had a bunch of Christmases already. I'm like that movie with Vince Vaughn and... Four Christmases. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Four Christmases. I've already had like five Christmases. And it's weird. Like my least busiest day of the entire year is Christmas Day. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Because like my Christmases is done. Oh, you're Christmas out by then. I'm Christmas out. I don't... My family has already got together. We've exchanged gifts. And I wonder if there's anybody else that does that too. They do Christmas on every other day except Christmas Eve and day. <laughs> well... <laughs> You know, we don't celebrate. But I got out uh, with a cheaper budget than I ever have. Yeah. Didn't really spend a lot on gifts. Ever because there's got to be a cutoff. I had to cut, not really cut people off, even though that's what I did. Well, it has to happen. But you have to have a cutoff. So when is the cutoff? Who do you cut off when you are cutting off people? You know, do you, are you supposed to buy for aunts and uncles and and all the bubbies and sissies and and all the you know you know so and so's boyfriend, so and so's no. girlfriend, so and so's new wife? Because if you do that, you'll just sh- literally end up with a thousand dollar Christmas bill. Yeah, you'll ho 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 yourself right out of a good Christmas because you'll be in debt. And do you buy for everyone in attendance when you go to a place? When you find out who's going to be there, do you make sure you have everybody a gift? I mean, I like that idea, but it's really too expensive to do that. If I know that there are going to be children there, um, yes, I'll absolutely buy. That's usually why I like to ask, you know, are there going to be kids there? Because you know what, as adults, go buy something if you want it yourself, you know. Just go get it, you know. So, no, I think other than immediate family, you know, mm immediate family and for the kids do you buy for the parents and the kids like or do you think it's acceptable to not buy for the parent anymore if they have kids 1000 percent. i think so too yeah like that money i had allocated for you i can either a split between you and your child or i can just put it all on your child and most people most people are fine with that now don't get me wrong i'll still get them a little something you know little candle, little pair of socks, you know, because it's, it's nice to know, you know, at least people care. But you know what I have found I really like that's not expensive? What's that? Like baked goods, like can you know, candy tins yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. I think that might be the new route that, I'm going to take. That's always my go-to. I used to buy a bunch of those little popcorn tin cans. Yes. And I would just load my car full of those things. And if somebody randomly showed up to the house, I'll be like, here's a popcorn tin. Here's a popcorn tin. But Merry Christmas. I had to draw the line this year. So uh, yeah. there's a lot of people that I didn't get. And I still feel guilty. But uh, you have to draw. you have to draw the line. Wait. Speaking of Christmas gifts, don't you have a gift? I was looking for it, Amber, and I can't find it. You better find it. (laughs) Somewhere in my bag. You better find it. Yes, Amber gave me a gift, and she said, open it on the air. Yeah. And I'll I'll tell you what, I'll do that in the third segment because I can't find it. It's somewhere in my bag, but I will get it. Uh, Amber, we were talking about on the first segment that uh, we talked about kleptomaniacs. Oh, yeah. And we talked about how that's just a kind of a strange addiction to be addicted to stealing when you don't. really, when you have the means to buy it, but you still steal. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of strange 
addictions out there that you can develop. Yeah. Yeah, addiction, it, we know it's a complex issue. It's not always drugs and alcohol or, or food that people get hooked on. Addiction can manifest itself in many, many forms, physical, psychological, and behavioral. Whether or not there's an actual chemical dependence involved, according to a 2012 analysis of addiction and addictive behaviors out of Indiana University, people can become addicted to actions, feelings, or behaviors, not just substances. So, Amber, I would like to talk to you and the audience about some of the strangest addictions that people can develop that they probably didn't even know they could develop. Mm. So, did you know, Amber, that people can become addicted to eating dirt? Eating dirt? Eating dirt can be (laughs) an addiction. Now, you hear kids doing it when they're young, and maybe that's where it starts, but there's actually people out there that will still sneak. Mm Mm-hmm. And not let anybody see them. But, yes, there's people out there that like to eat dirt. I wonder if they mix anything in with it or if they just go in there and eat that dirt dry. Body piercing? No, I can't get in with that. Body piercing is an addiction. You know when you see somebody with not just their ears pierced, they have body piercings everywhere. It's because it's an addiction. Uh, I mean... Honestly, something like that would have to be because that's painful. I mean, people will get things that I can't even imagine piercing pierced. Oh no. I almost passed out getting my ears pierced, so I don't I don't get it. And isn't it true if you are piercing your tongue, you could pierce the wrong you could pierce the wrong way and go into a nerve in your tongue where it could make your tongue be obsolete pretty much. Oh you know what? I'm never gonna find out because no. I've heard that. Oh. And that freaks me out. But and also, what if that earring gets snagged on something? Like, let's say you got your breast pierced. Yeah. And you're walking by like a like if you're in my garage, for instance, <laughs> my car and garage is, is you really have to squeeze through yeah, to get to the other side. Shimmy. Yeah. What if your little loop earring got hooked on something and just the bye 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 nipple? <laughs> it's gone because it will rip it straight off. People can become addicted to tanning. I, you know, ooh, I suffered from that for a long time. I'm talking at least You had to go, you mean? Yes, I would go six, seven years. I would go at least three, four times a week. And it was not until I went back to school and really learned about uh, skin cancer. And, you know, we learned that Kentucky is actually called, you know, Skin Cancer Alley because we are known for, and that's why you see so many tanning beds along 75 access to them. So that is actually an addiction that we have that is prominent here in our area, believe it or not. Well, according to a 2011 study published in Journal Addiction Biology, exposure to the UV rays emitted from a tanning bed also triggers the release of endorphins in the brains, which scientists believe at least partially explains the reasoning behind what they call tanorexia. Uh, I mean, I completely agree. I mean, there was just, you know, you would get in there, you'd get warm, and it would feel nice. You'd get out, you'd be glowing, and, you know, it did. It felt great. People will look like leather when they get out of the tanning bed, and they won't stop. And it's like, <laughs> when is enough enough? And I believe in tanorexia. I oh, really yeah. do believe it's an addiction because of the, obviously, the endorphins, it says in the study. But people can become addicted to it because it makes no sense if you are as brown as a biscuit and you are still getting in the tanning bed to get darker because you 
I guess when I was dealing with my tanning addiction, I felt like if I missed a day, I could instantly see a color change. And that was a, a cycle that I had to break out of because you do, you feel like you miss a day and, you know, you've lost, you know, five weeks worth of tanning. And you also had a good relationship with a lady back in her hometown that owned a tanning booth, didn't you? I did. Multiple people that owned tanning booths back home. Social media is something we, surprise, surprise, people can get addictive to. I think that more and more and more and people get addicted to this. They can't stay off of it. That's Mm -hmm. why you constantly see people on their phones. They're not really looking for things in particular. They're just addicted through the scrolling process. It's mind-dumbing. It is. It says, when a person is addicted to scrolling through Instagram or posting on Facebook, they experience symptoms similar to those experienced by individuals who suffer from addictions to substances. Ain't that amazing? Uh, I mean, but you can see it, and it's it's almost kind of sad, you know. We, we've talked about it before, you know. It, sometimes it takes a lot, you know, when you put a post out there, you know, for the entire world to see, and there'll be people who will post, what, eight, nine, a thousand times a day. Researchers theorize that people become addicted to social media as a result of receiving multiple layers of reward that that are similar to the one sought after by gambling addicts. So likes sends a bunch of endorphins off in the head. It makes you feel accepted. It makes you feel wanted. That's why people are always looking for that gratification of of getting a like. That's why you see people post pictures Mm -hmm. every day. You know, I get on here and vent all the time. Why do people post all the same picture every day? It's because they can't help it. They're addicted to it and they need that that gratification. They need that like. Mm. And those locks, when you look at who they're coming from, you know, there's just no, it don't pack no punch to it. It's, a, it's an, an empty, an empty lock. Here is an interesting addiction. The addicted of being, well, the action of being addicted to rejection. Oh. The act of being addicted to rejection. You know, not everybody wants that gratification of succeeding. Some people like being rejected because it's easy to deal with just those negative thoughts that they constantly have, like, why am I such a loser, blah, 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 instead of trying to fight through that and be positive. Mm -hmm. It says here that a 2010 study published in the Journal of Neurophysiology found that getting rejected stimulates the parts of the brain affiliated with motivation and reward, the same receptors that drive addiction. Eating carrots. Well, come on now. Eating carrots. Yes, there is such a thing as carrot addiction. And it says here that according to a study, the basis of the addiction is believed to be beta-carotene, which may replicate the addictive component of nicotine. Oh, beta-carotene. Yes. Yeah, okay. So I guess carrots have something in them that makes people addicted to them. Hate, because that's the only thing that I taste when I eat a carrot is just hatred for how bad they taste. Well, Bugs Bunny eats a carrot every day. And you know what? He's always on the run. He's always on the go. He ain't ever chilling out. Like nicotine. Well, (laughs) boom, boom. This one is no surprise. Eating healthy in general is an addiction. Some people are addicted to only eating healthy, and it can cause an eating disorder known as orthorexia, is what they call it. For those with orthorexia, the obsession with eating right is so overwhelmingly that it actually has an opposite unhealthy effect, often leading to malnourishment, stress, and a decrease in a quality of life. Mm. 
And there are people out there that will not eat anything greasy. And I get that. And I'm for that. I'm for trying to eat healthy, but to an extent. Mm -hmm. Some people are way over the top with it. Oh, and I am totally submerged in this world of health and fitness. You would not believe, you know, I tell people I drink a pop and I've lost 250 pounds. You mean you drink pop? Yes, I drank a pop. Exercising is also a big, big addiction that people have. And here is when you know that you're addicted to exercising. If you find yourself exercising through injuries to the point of bodily harm or getting anxious when you miss a workout, then you might have a behavioral addiction to working out. So I have to ask, Amber, you work out all the time. You run a workout blog. Do you think that you are... Addicted or getting addicted to working out? Absolutely not. And the reason that I say it with that much conviction is because, um, you know, working out is just a stem of self-care. So, you know, it is how I uh, make my living, I guess, if you want to say that. But it is just a portion of my self-care. But that takes a lot of regulation because it can get really addicting You get in there, you know, you're pumping, you're pushing, you're pulling. It's great. It's releasing endorphins. Yes. But people will. They'll go on vacation and have to take time out of their vacation to go to the gym. They'll go to a Planet Fitness in Myrtle Beach if they go to the beach. Well, I know. I just go out and work out on the beach. But people, they, if they can't get a workout in, they get anxious. And I know people like that. It's it's annoying. I'm just like, chill out and work work out tomorrow. (laughs) Take a breath and relax. They're one, two, three, stretch. Playing video games. Oh, now look. People, that's getting worse and worse and worse. It's becoming very evident. You know, experts went around and around and around on determining whether or not this was a real addiction. It is. To the point to where people lose their spouse. Mm -hmm. They lose the relationship they have with their children. They lose their sexual drive. They lose just wanting to get up and live because they are satisfied with the gratification that a video game brings them. That's all they need Mm -hmm. is just the gratification of beating a level on a video game. And they'll lose the whole farm for it. Hoarding. Mm. Got any hoarders in your life? I do. Hoarding is a disorder. I love that show. Hoarders. Yes. Uh I love it. Yes. That's another disorder that fascinates me. Every time I watch it, I realize how clean my house is. Yes. Uh It's an addiction. And we watch that show, Hoarders, where people will start crying if you start throwing away, if people go into somebody's house and they start throwing away a, a table that they've picked up off the side of the road. It they'll get really upset about it, mm-hmm. and it's not worth anything. But people think people that hoard they think that one day they might need that item, so they don't get rid of it. One day it could be useful. One day it could be the only thing I have. It's 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 crazy the thought process. You know, obviously not crazy, but I mean it is. It's very intricate process. You know, that kind of happens with people who hoard because it's always, you know, it's not always junky, junky. You have people who will hoard things, you know, in private that are, you're like, what? You hoard that? Like buttons and <laughs> coins and like, wait, what are you doing with all these buttons? Like, <laughs> and they start crying and, and the viewer at home watching that show, they might laugh and say, what's wrong with that person? You shouldn't laugh no. because it really is a disorder and they do need, they do need help. And it's really scary to watch those people because they break down in tears and start shaking and they can't handle it when they see some of their junk that they don't need get thrown away. Mm-hmm. 
It's, oh, and when you see, you know, the deplorable conditions that are under, you know, everything that they've had piled, it's just like, wow, you know. Ugh. Another strange addiction is breastfeeding. There are plenty of moms all over the world, including actress Penelope Cruz, who struggled to give up breastfeeding because of the emotional bond it creates between them and their child. I'll just say this about breastfeeding. It freaks me out. I don't like the fact that people... I mean, I get it. It's healthy. I was never breastfed as a child. That's probably yeah. why my IQ isn't as high as it should be. Because they say <laughs> they say that those who breastfeed have a yeah. higher IQ. Their children do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I've known a lot of dumb people that's been breastfed, they, too. Well, and I know a lot of dumb ones that breastfeed, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that just freaks me out. The fact of of... of you know, when you think back, just to sucking on your mom's breast is just not, uh, it's just something that I just can't, I can't visualize. Well, I guess I'm going to head on out. Yeah. But I know I can lay down my head at night and know that I never did that with my mom. <laughs> I never did do that to my you mom because I, I didn't either. I was not breastfed. Yeah, me neither. All right. Well, if I could fist bump you, I would. <laughs> Non-breastfed crew. Yes, because breastfeeding it, it breastfeeding it does. It just it freaks me out. I, I don't I don't like the thought of it. And finally, another strange addiction is collecting books is an addiction. Nah, you know I can see that one though. It's called bibliomania, and it's really not about reading per se, but more about just owning the books. In fact, many bibliomaniacs will stock up on several copies of the same book, collecting every single one they can get their hands on until they have no room left in their house. Mm. So folks, if you ever find yourself struggling with any type of addiction, you can contact the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration at 1-800-662-HELP because addiction is something that you don't have to keep doing. You can get help for it. But all right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have to take a quick break. Stick with us. We still got lots more off the cuff coming at you live after these words. Santa, tell me if you're Welcome back, everybody, to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio with me. Almost time for Sainty Claus to fly around the world, climb down the chimney, and deliver gifts. Because Santa's big day is Christmas Eve, the night before Christmas. Twas the night before Christmas. And we talked about Santa Claus last year on the show, went over a whole history of of Santa Claus. Amber, I'm not the first person to ever bring this up. There's a lot of people who bring up this conspiracy theory that Mm -hmm. Santa Claus is, in fact, an evil character. Have you ever heard of that conspiracy (laughs) that Santa is actually evil? What do you mean evil? Like, Well, I've heard this many times in my persuasive speeches that my students give about how Santa Claus takes away from the true meaning of Christmas, and... If you ever look at the similarities of Satan Mm -hmm. and Santa Claus, Mm -hmm. it's scary. (laughs) So he really is Santa Claus. And, you know, we've sometimes we've seen the comparisons. We've we've heard people talk about them. But if you haven't, good thing you tuned in today here on Off the Cuff because I'm going to tell you some comparisons that Santa Claus has with Satan. And it's shockingly (laughs) 
Shockingly <laughs> scary. I'm going to take notes. Santa Claus versus Satan today. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty impressive. It really is. I mean, it's like someone really worked hard to distract us from Jesus Christ being a part of Christmas. The message of Christianity, right? That's the whole point of Christmas. Mm -hmm. But someone has created a a lovable, gift-giving, fictional character that now people focus on a lot more than they do the actual meaning of Christmas. Oh, you know, I agree with you on that one. Christmas ain't Christmas no more. I feel like that you do. You see more more signs of Santa Claus than you do nativity scenes out there. Absolutely. So— Some of the comparisons that are kind of shockingly scary are these. Now, the the Santa Claus, he says, my main colors are are red and black. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's the main colors of Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. What color is most pictures that you see of the devil? (laughs) Red, black. Red and black. The letters of my name just slightly rearranged are S-A-T-N-A. So S-A-T-N-A mm-hmm. will spell, if you jumble those letters up, that's the letters of Santa. Mm-hmm. You can also spell Satan with those same letters. Yeah. Santa and Satan with those same letters. <laughs> S-A-T-N-A. Santa says, I am known by many other names. Mm-hmm. And he is. Mm-hmm. He's known by Saint Nick. Oh, yeah. He's known by Santa Claus. Uh-huh. You know, uh, a lot of things. So is the devil. Lucifer, yeah, the devil, uh-huh. the beast, my mother. <laughs> you had to go there, didn't you? <laughs> Santa says, I distract your attention from Jesus with promises to fulfill your material desires here in this world. I mean, think about that. Yeah. The desires of this world. We know are not. Well, you can get from the devil. You can get what you desire if you sell out to the devil. Well, yeah. And Santa Claus brings the desires of this world as well. Well, but what about him making the list and shaking it twice? Like, you got to be nice to get on this list. I'll get to that. Okay. I've been around for countless generations, Santa says. So is the devil. Since your beginning, you have wanted what I have offered at the tree. Mm. Talking about the Garden of Eden. Mm Mm-hmm. Santa says, I know if you're awake, and if you are, I don't visit you. Mm. Because the devil likes to visit you when you least expect it. Yeah. When you least expect it. Santa says, I enter your homes by stealth from a place of fire, not open, not openly through the door. Santa says, I travel under cover of darkness in the middle of the night. Santa says, I keep track of everything you do, good and bad, to know what to have in store for you. Santa says, I have supernatural abilities to travel everywhere, even to be present in many places at once. Santa says, I have, or the Bible says in Isaiah fourteen thirteen, in the recess of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. Mm-hmm. Where does the, north where does Pole. Santa Claus live? North Pole. The North Pole. So it's also kind of like, the whole story of Santa. When kids grow up, mm-hmm. you learn that Santa isn't real. Yeah. So, can this be something that might confuse people with the creation of, of will people think that since their parents lied to them about Satan, or I'm sorry, Santa, they're maybe lying to them about Jesus and, and Satan existing? Uh, see, I just, 
I was not a, really, I don't want to say I wasn't allowed to believe in Santa Claus, but I learned at a very young age when y'all were still, you know, look what Santa brought me. I already knew that it was a fake and a fraud, uh, you know, so I don't really know. But now you did grow up, I think, with that kind of traditional Christmas. So that might have to be one you have to answer. Well, look around your house, folks. Look around your house. Do you see more Santa Clauses or do you see more Christian items around your house? Just do it. Look around your house right now. What do you see? And that might be your answer. And I know it might make you feel uncomfortable that I say that, especially during the holly jolly season, but the true meaning of Christmas is the birth of Jesus Christ, and we've it's been just splatted out with Santa Claus all over the place. You know, I feel so awkward right now because I'm pretty sure your card that's over there 1,000% has Santa Claus on it. Well, speaking of this card... <laughs> Let's go ahead and open it. And we're going to be a gift, folks. And I'm excited to open it. It says open on air. Well, because, you know, there were, what, two years in a row, I think we've talked about opening gifts. There is a Santa Claus 1,000% on this. I'm not anti-Santa Claus. (laughs) I just said the similarities are are scary. They're they're scary. But, yes, there is a Santa Claus in here, Uh which is great. So let's see what it is. It says, Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. P.S. The other ticket is mine. Oh, uh-huh. gosh. What have you got me? Hee-hee. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You got us two tickets to see Scream 5 in theaters on January the 13th on Thursday at 7 o'clock. We're going to leave the air and go get in a chair. <laughs> I'm excited. I cannot wait to see Scream. We're going to be the first ones to watch it. No spoilers. I'm here. excited. And, uh, yeah, I'm I dare somebody to tell me who the killer of Scream 5 is. We're going to know before everybody else does. Exactly. So movie tickets to see Scream 5. I love it. Scream is my favorite, favorite horror movie of all time. I love that franchise. And I'm excited. Thank you. (laughs) This was a good gift. This has made my day. Now, that ain't your real gift. That was just a here's your own air. uh, Thank you. Yeah. That was awesome. But, folks... It is Christmas time, and it is time for Off the Cuff to take its song of the week break. And let's remember the reason for the season, and that is the birth of Jesus Christ. So let's play a little Christian Christmas music with a little Silent Night with Martina McBride. We'll be back after the song. I'm still so excited for the fact that you got me Scream 5 movie tickets. I'm really excited for that entire movie. And it's weird that I'm talking about a horror movie around the holidays. But, Amber, sometimes some of the best Christmas movies are horror Christmas movies. Yeah. I mean, did you ever watch Gremlins? Gremlins? Yes. Oh, come on. Yes, Steven Spielberg's Gremlins. Those little fuzzy little... Yeah, Gizmo. Gizmo. It happened around Christmas time. Christmas, even though it was just a backdrop for the film, it was still a Christmas movie. It was still a Christmas movie. I'll argue that. I'll argue that, that the Gremlins is a horror Christmas movie. I could get down with that. Do you have a favorite scary Christmas movie? You know what? I'm going to call it, and you know I will. I will defend this one. Uh, Child's Play. The whole movie is centered around getting this little boy a doll for Christmas. Because it's a hot commodity item. At Christmas. Interesting. Yes. It's always been my favorite 
Christmas scary movie. One of the most famous scary Christmas movies, and it's not really scary. Yeah. Is The Nightmare Before Christmas. Ooh, Tim Burton? Tim Burton. That's a great one. Not really spooky per se, but a lot of people argue that it perfectly blends all things Christmas, all things Halloween, all in one. So if you like Halloween and Christmas, that's your perfect movie. Well, now, you know we met the man that voiced Jack Skellington. Who? Christopher Sarandon. We met him at Scarefest. There is... Jack Frost, and I'm not talking about Michael Keaton's Jack Frost. Oh, yeah, buddy. I'm talking about the snowman that used his carrot nose (laughs) as a weapon. (laughs) Uh, For folks who don't know, this is actually a legitimate scary movie. It's called Jack Frost. Do you remember how you had to kill the snowman? Antifreeze. (laughs) Antifreeze, You had to kill him by throwing antifreeze on him. (laughs) There is Silent Night, Deadly Night. Ooh, that's a good one. That is. And I believe, even though that was a movie from the 80s, mm-hmm. they did a remake of that. I think they did, didn't they, in the mid-2000s? Yes. It says here that it's about a five-year-old boy that is traumatized by the murder of his parents by a man in a Santa suit, only to grow up to do the same thing, going on a, sk- a killing spree dressed as St. Nick. Mm. And it's gone down as being a one of, one of the greatest horror Christmas films of all times. And yes, it has spawned a remake and four sequels. Wow. That's when you know you're good. And then some people could call this a scary Christmas movie, and that is P2. P2. P2, or about the woman who's stuck in the parking garage. Oh. Because she's working on Christmas Eve night, and she, even though... That sucks, right? Working on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. She's working on Christmas Eve all day, and she's the last one at the office, mm-hmm. and she's walking to her car and gets attacked by somebody trying to kill her in the P2 parking garage. I mean, I've worked uh, many uh, Christmas Eves, and, you know, if you caught me going to my car, I probably would be like, man, please just make sure you get it right this time. I can't come back here tomorrow. But a lot of good scary Christmas movies. If you don't like that just warm and fuzzy Christmas film, you can always pop in a good horror Christmas film. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got to take one more break because we still have one more segment to go right here on Off the Cuff. Stick with us. Oh, beautiful star of Bethlehem, shining afar through shadows dim, given a light for those who long have gone. Welcome back, everybody, to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio with me. It is almost Christmas time. The star of Bethlehem, the star that lit up so bright in the sky to lead those wise men to baby Jesus. Last year on the show, on the Christmas Eve special, I played a audio where it told the true meaning of Christmas. Do you remember that, Amber, where I played the audio of kind of Christmas in a nutshell, what it's all about. Yes, I do. And it talked about the birth of Jesus. Well, a lot happened on that Christmas day when Jesus was born a lot. And one of the big stories is the story of the wise men. And that's what I want to end the show with before we end our holiday Christmas show is talking about the wise men. But I'm not going to be the one to tell the story. I had the same people who told the story last year of the birth of Jesus. Now I'm going to let them tell the journey of the wise men. Just a little brief four-minute audio. So sit back and enjoy. (laughs) 
Far away from the city of Jerusalem, there lived a mysterious tribe of people called the Magi. The Magi were filled with wisdom and understanding, and they were respected by kings and other important people. As three of these wise men were gazing out into the sky one starry night, an unusually bright light shone, brighter than any star they had ever seen. They were amazed at what they saw and were convinced it was a sign that a great king had been born. Quickly, they set out on a journey to find him. The same light that had caught the attention of the wise men also drew several shepherds out from the fields and into the quiet and lowly town of Bethlehem. The glory of God shone so brightly that they shook with fear. But an angel comforted them. Don't be afraid. I bring good news for you and all people. The Messiah, your Savior, is born this very day. After a long journey, the wise men arrived in Jerusalem. As they rode through the city, they excitedly called out, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? They knew this king would be different than any other king before. This king was promised to bring peace and joy to all the nations of the world. Surely someone would know of his coming. We have seen his star, the wise men declared, and we are here to worship him. But no one knew where this child could be found. Herod, who called himself King of the Jews, was greatly troubled by the announcement of a new king, a king who might take his place. He met with the Jewish leaders and asked them where the Messiah was to be born. Then he arranged a secret meeting with the wise men and said to them, go and look for the Messiah in the town of Bethlehem. And when you find him, let me know so that I can also worship him. But secretly, Herod did not want to worship the new king. He only wanted the wise men to discover where Jesus was so he could have him killed. As the wise men left Jerusalem and headed toward Bethlehem, they once again saw the glorious light in the night sky. This light had led them many long miles from home, and now it would lead them right to the place where Jesus was. As the wise men drew closer, they were filled with excitement and wonder. When they stepped into the house, the wise men saw a young child with his mother Mary, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. They gave Jesus gifts fit for a king, including costly treasures of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The scene was incredible. The greatest of kings born in the most unlikely of places. Mary took in every detail and tucked them away in her heart. She wanted to remember these precious moments for the rest of her life. Later, the wise men and Joseph Jesus' earthly father, were warned by God in a dream that Herod intended to kill the young Messiah. God led the wise men and the new family safely out of the city of Bethlehem and far away from the evil King Herod. Eventually, Jesus and his family returned to Nazareth. As Jesus grew, he revealed more and more about who he was. He healed the sick, 
raised the dead, opened the eyes of the blind, and most amazing of all, he gave his life on the cross to rescue the world from the curse of sin. The wise men's journey had led them to Jesus, the Son of God, the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why we even exchange gifts on Christmas, because of the wise men giving gifts to Jesus. But I thought that was important to go over that. But ladies and gentlemen, I want to wish everybody a very Merry Christmas from both Amber and I here at Off the Cuff. That about wraps up today's episode. You can listen to all of our previous episodes by subscribing to us on podcast, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. You can follow the co-host, Amber, at Ambu447 on social media. You can follow me on social media at the Adam Banks. You can follow the show on social media at Off the Cuff with Adam Banks on Facebook and Instagram. We put out new episodes every Thursday from 4 to 5 right here on WLXU 93.9, which means we'll be back live next week to wrap up our last show of 2021. Wow. Insane. But ladies and gentlemen, that is Ember Turner. I'm Adam Banks, and this is Off the Cuff. Merry Christmas. We'll see you next week. Come peasant king to own